Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today. We are on uh, podcasts as well as on my live stream networks. Uh, We haven't had a show yet in 2022, so I'm very excited to be back with you today. Uh, Over the holiday season, we had a lot of people come up to me and uh, made me feel really good because they they were excited about the show and the podcast and all the great guests that we had on in 2021. So that's always a good feeling. So I'm excited to be back. Uh, today on the Grill Nation show. Uh, you can connect with us on social media at uh, Jason Grill on Twitter and at Grill Nation Show. Also on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Grill Nation and at Jason Grill. Today we are joined by Logan Freeman, the co-founder and principal uh, at FTW Investments. They uh, Their website is ftwinvestmentsllc.com. Uh, they also uh, have a great show link that you can go to ftwinvestmentsllc.com backslash grill nation, where you can get a ton of great information about investing and, and, and just all the great stuff that they're doing at FTW Investments LLC. Uh, Logan, welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. How are you, sir? Man, I appreciate it, Jason. Happy 2022 to you as well. Still trying to get used to saying that, obviously. And mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just getting this year started off the right way. You know, obviously, I, I'm a big goal setter. I love the beginning of the year and all the renewed energy you see around uh, people. But what I love even more is uh, to come six back, come back six months from now and kind of revisit with those folks and see who's still kind of tracking along their process. And and uh, that's a fun you know exercise for me and and what I see around myself and around really. I would say high achievers is that there's people that are holding each other accountable. And I've been learning a lot about that through uh, rereading Ray Dalio's book, uh, Principles and Radical Transparency and all of the accountability measures that they have. And as we continue to grow our business, um, it's a really fun exercise for uh, for me. It's trying at times, but uh, because it does come somewhat natural to me with with some of my strengths, um, but it's it's good as leaders to be able to pass that on uh, to employees and then you can learn from them as well. And, and so uh, just really excited about a lot of the energy that we've got uh, in, our, in our new office space here. Yeah, and uh, looks like you've uh, lost some weight, my friend. I, I know yeah. we talked about this uh, when we were in our uh, uh, pre-show meeting for five minutes, but uh, but yeah, I haven't seen you in so long. We haven't done a show in a while that, um, yeah, you've lost some weight. You look great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad that it's it's starting to, um, you know, other people are starting to recognize, you know, you see all the hard work that you do early in the mornings and, and sacrificing the delicious donuts and all of that stuff. But it's totally worth it. You know, I had a kind of a reality check uh, mid of last year when I went and saw a doctor. My my wife made me go see a doctor. Thank you, uh, Taylor, by the way. And um, your wife you know, is very smart. I mean, you know, she's She's probably on her A game telling you to do that. So yes, yes, she is. And um, you know the, the the doc said, "Hey, man, you know I know you're an ex athlete, but you know you're you're kind of getting back up to to playing weight here." And I was about almost 290 pounds, and I just had to really say, "Wow, that was kind of a gut punch." I didn't realize I had gotten that far, and so refocused uh, my health uh, or my focus on on health and and mostly around eating. I mean, I like to work out, so. Uh, that's not really an issue for me. I like to be active. It's the it's what I'm putting in my mouth on a regular basis and, <laughs> and, and just kind of knowing my body. And so tested out some new things and uh, sleep was a big piece of that component as well. So I appreciate that. Did you uh, 
you know, this is not a, a diet podcast, but um, we'll get to investing here in a second. But sure. what we're, I, I'm just curious as we start off 2022, you know, everyone's looking for tips and tricks and, yeah. and you know, how do I improve myself? Um, as far as eating, would you just stop eating as much or did you just change the diet? It was a little bit of both. You know, I was doing intermittent fasting beforehand and I have an appetite where I can eat 1200 calories in a meal um, four times a day. No joke. Like it's just I, I can eat that much food and still feel OK. And so what was happening was I was doing intermittent fasting until lunch and then I was just piling on a bunch of, of calories um, from lunch until dinner. And, and I wasn't tracking that food. And so I said, look, maybe I need to refocus and, and have, uh, you know, smaller meals throughout the day. And then tracking it uh, through an app has been instrumental. And so I use an app called Noom, N-O-O-M. And um, it really shows you how much how much food you're putting into your mouth. And so um, and cut down on the alcohol content, too. You know, I mean, I think that's a big piece of it because that then affects my sleep, which then I, I want to sleep in a little bit longer and I, I miss my workout. So alcohol, tracking my food and uh, stop doing intermittent fasting because it just wasn't working for me personally. Mm. All good things. That's great. I appreciate that because uh, from time to time, I find myself, uh, if I'm not running or training or doing something uh, athletic, I just keep eating like I was when I was doing that. And mm -hmm. uh, and there you go. So Absolutely. You had a great holiday. Um, great, great. Obviously getting in shape for 2022. We're going to talk about on today's show, uh, kind of looking back at 2021, you've got yeah. some great blogs on your website, ftwinvestmentsllc.com. Not only about kind of things that we learned in 2021, um, we're going to do a recap here, but also like how do we reprogram for success in 2022? Um, you know, what do we have to look forward to? What's the market like? What's the uncertainty like? What's 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 all this uh, add up to? So let's start sure. there with with kind of a um, recap of 2021 um, for investors. And then we'll talk about a recap for you and your business. Yeah. You know, I think that 2021 was a year that uncertainty was removed from the marketplace in regards to investing. And so we saw a flood of capital come into uh, the markets, and that really made it competitive, especially in the multifamily and industrial space. Uh, less on the office and retail, uh, self-storage and mobile home parks also saw a, uh, a massive uh, influx of capital being allocated to that. Uh, not just from your individual investors, um, but also from large private institutions, real estate investment trusts, and family offices. And so I think there was a, a big flood of that. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, there was money printing. People had you know more money than they've ever had. If you look at uh, kind of the wealth to income ratio, it's at the highest level it's ever been, which is somewhat concerning. Um, but people had a lot of disposable income. And so, th so then they were trying to figure out where to place that capital. Was it the stock market? Is it a real estate deal? Is it, uh, you know, cryptocurrencies or, or some, some NFT, you know? And, and I just think that there was a I've lot of I've been thinking about all of those things, by the way. And, and, and frankly, Logan, I, uh, I like to learn in my life. And so like talking to you, I'm learning about this type of investment, other types, you know, crypto is still kind of right. confusing to me. But uh, NFTs kind of are taking off. But again, like this is the blind squirrel mentality or the squirrel mentality where you're jumping around to everything. But it seems like in 2021, there was just so many different things thrown at us as far as, yeah. you know, where can we invest? Yeah. And one of the craziest things that I saw was, you know, digital real estate uh, being sold, meaning literally like a Sims game. 
Um, you know, if you remember Sims back when we had the computer games, maybe uh, people don't remember that. But oh, yeah, I, I remember do. my friends getting into that in their basements in high school or grade school or whatever. Yeah, and now people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for this digital real estate, which is is kind of wild to me. But, you know, I think that uh, Peter Malouk on his podcast Down the Middle uh, did a really good job recently of talking through kind of all of those different uh, investment opportunities and had their own opinion on them. I would second their opinion in regards to, you know, when something does crash, you know, there's not very much tangible um, you know, asset that you actually own with that. And so maybe the secondary market for you to go sell is a lot less with, with real estate, uh, real real estate. Let me just say, you know, not, not a digital plot next to Snoop Dogg's digital house, but an actual multifamily property or commercial property, uh, you still have cash flow income from that, um, that you can actually sell and, and, and you have something tangible. And so we stuck to our guns in 2021. Uh, we were cautiously optimistic. Uh, we added some units to the portfolio, which we'll talk about here here soon. Um, but we definitely did not have the opportunity that we did in 2020. And so um, we built out the team, uh, you know, pretty robust in 2021. And and uh, I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah, talk talk about that. Let's let's transition to FTW Investments and kind of you guys. You're you're a rocket ship over there. Uh, new office, new team, more more yeah. team members. I see your names all over the place, man. Yeah, so we purchased a 40,000 square foot office building, uh, which I'm in right now, right on the streetcar line on Armour in Maine, and, and we're occupying that new space. It's being built out right now, and so got a lot of construction going on here, but, um, you know, frankly, it's a, it's a great spot. I'm very excited about that. Having a team here is great. I mean, we grew our core team from kind of the three founding principals and, and our chief of staff, Crystal, to a robust team of 11 people spanning you know, across all the different departments, including finance, investor relations, marketing, asset management, and uh, administrative support. Uh, we were still able to add about 590 units of multifamily to our portfolio, and we expanded into two new markets. So that was Nebraska and Iowa as well. Uh, we took yeah, one two, of our- Two early, new markets yeah. is two new states, not even cities, states. That's, that's right. Yeah, two new yeah. states. And so we're, we're excited about that. Um, and, and to continue that growth trajectory into Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, uh, and maybe even uh, Florida and, and Tennessee. So um, very excited about that as well. You know, took one of our early investment cycle of, you know, full cycle, meaning we, we, we actually sold a project last year and we ex exceeded the project level uh, for, for the investor returns on that. Um, one thing I'm really, I'm really you know, proud of was we were able to create what's called a tenancy and comment uh, structure. So you know, a lot of folks have 1031 exchanges uh, where they're sold a piece of real estate and they're looking to purchase a new piece of real estate. We figured out a way, and it's not a new way, we just figured it out for us and our structure, um, to be able to put that 1031 money into one of our syndications or alongside one of our syndications. Uh, we did that on our, our Lincoln, Nebraska project, which is great. And then this is a this is a really big initiative for us too, is you know, we made the necessary moves to launch a boutique investment brokerage uh, called Exchange Commercial Real Estate to help 1031 Exchange clients purchase real estate on a marketplace. And so we're kind of in the process of launching this new brokerage. And, um, you know, we have our wow. transaction coordinator and um, our, our broker ready to go. So, you know, all of that, obviously, while managing the portfolio through the global pandemic, which we're still going through, you know, it, it directly impacted everyone that had to conduct business and adapt to the ever changing regulations in regards to housing. And, you know, with all those changes come wins and wins and losses and, and lessons learned. And we've grown substantially in terms of the size of the portfolio, the human capital, 
that we have now to deploy. But most importantly, we grow, we grew as operators, uh, which directly impacts the bottom line. And, um, you know, for our investors, we create a lot of trust this year. So I'm, I'm really proud of all of those accomplishments. Yeah, that's quite a lot. Um, again, briefly, just explain this, this new exchange, um, you know, what, what it actually is. Yeah. So I see, we see kind of a, um, you know, a problem in the marketplace where somebody has a 1031 exchange and, you know, when you sell a 1031, when you sell a piece of property, you enter into a 1031 exchange, you have 45 days to identify three replacement properties. So you literally only have, you know, a little over a month and a half or a month and a half to find the property that you're going to move into. And so we've helped a lot of clients, you know, find those, those assets, but a lot of those clients also said, Hey, I really don't want to be active anymore. I'm trying to be more passive. And so creating that tenancy and common structure uh, to allow them to then go um, be passive into one of the syndications is really important. And so we're creating kind of a marketplace for, for folks to kind of enter into, which are connecting buyers and sellers, uh, typically off market deals. So these aren't really marketed deals, things that you can search for online and find. Um, but if somebody has a 1031 exchange, they say, hey, I got to identify you know, three properties. They log on to the marketplace. And now they have a tenancy in common. Now they have uh, active projects that they can actually go purchase and uh, we can help them through that process. And so um, it's really buy side representation, um, which is something that we're very familiar with, but something that we do as principals anyways. Uh, but just making those those opportunities available to those 1031 exchange investors and having a centralized place where they can find properties and then they can actually be worked through the process uh, and use all of our relationships through that is is kind of what exchange CRE is. That's awesome. Logan Freeman is our guest, uh, co-founder and principal at FTW Investments, LLC. Their website is ftwinvestmentsllc.com. Uh, if you want to go on and get a uh, investor guide, go to ftwinvestmentsllc.com backslash grill nation. Um, okay, so we'll finish off with 2021. Uh, Logan, if you had to kind of sum it up in a sentence or a couple words, as far as your uh, what you do, uh, what would those be? You know, what do we yeah. learn? I would say that change is inevitable. You know, 2021 was a, a year full of change and, and that's to be expected because really it's the only constant in life. And, you know, Newton said this, he said, you know, this is a third law, but he said for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. And that statement means that in every interaction in life, there's kind of a pair of forces acting on the two interacting objects and the size of the forces on the first object equals the size of the force on the second object. And needless to say, um, but I will anyway, there was a lot of forces being exerted on the way people interact, the capital markets, the economy and the commercial real estate space. And the economy really came roaring back in a big way in 2021. And inflation absolutely was a hot topic and still is. But with commercial real estate and tangible assets, I think there's still significant benefits to be invested in those assets in time uh, of high inflation. And so you know, I'm not going to speculate or forecast, but uh, I do think that uh, there's plenty of other folks that, that do that. But there are strong tailwinds in regards to the unemployment rate and people coming back to the workforce. And that impacts our business in regards to people being able to pay rent and for us to find the labor needed to complete our business plans and our projects. So really thinking that 2022 is going to be a, a really strong year for the commercial real estate industry. Yeah, let's let's start there then. Uh, let's pivot to looking forward to 2022. Um, what should we be paying attention to? Not asking you to, to forecast things. That's not what you do. But um, what what are you most what what are you looking forward to in 2022? What should what should our listeners be paying attention to? 
Yep. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> you know, I read probably five different kind of forward-looking reports uh, previous to this, uh, you know, podcast interview. And according to recent CBRE report, investment activity in 2022 is expected to top pre-pandemic highs. And so capitalization rates is, is a metric of ROI that a lot of people are looking at. They're going to remain stable or slightly compressed and strong investor demand and abundant capital, uh, even as interest rates rise. And so investment volume according, you know, approaching record territory. And so commercial real estate investment activity uh, roared back in 21 and, and 22 looks to be a, a little bit higher. And so, you know, it's supposed to increase about five to 10 percent over 2021 levels. Um, and here's one thing that I want folks to really be, be, be tracking. The all property average cap rate is expected to be about 280 to 300 basis points higher than the 10-year treasury yield during the first half of 2022. And that's on par with the 290 basis points average from 2013 to 2018. And so I think that, you know, while, you know, cap rates are going to stay kind of where they're at, um, you know, you really have to understand the risk that is involved in each project. And, you know, the Fed has been talking a lot about kind of, you know, the quantitative backing off of the quantitative easing and raising interest rates in 2022. But even if those do uh, raise, I don't think they're going to raise to a level where the, the spread is going to get, you know, to a point where investors aren't interested in commercial real estate. And so overall, the net operating income uh, our forecast to increase for the multifamily space, about 8%, industrial 4%, and then the retail sector 2%. Um, you know, and so as real estate values appreciate, investors are going to be rewarded by that high yield risk uh, spread, you know, through the, the treasury rates that we talked about. And, um, you know, the, the CBRE report also said that they expect that inflation is going to average 2.4% for the year. And that's quite below, obviously, the, 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 uh, the forecast for NOI growth. So I think there's still strong um, you know, uh, statement and a story to be to be had for uh, commercial real estate. And depending on where debt goes is going to really impact kind of the, the, the level of risk that people are going to be willing to accept in those projects. So with that being said, we're cautiously optimistic uh, on the multifamily side. Kansas City has continued to uh, attract, you know, out-of-state investors, um, large and small. And so uh, we're still trying to identify um, you know, a couple more markets that we can enter into that are a little less heated than kind of Kansas City. And uh, we've talked about that in the past, but Oklahoma, yeah. Arkansas, Nebraska, Iowa, those are all great states that we're interested in uh, getting involved in. And so uh, I'm excited about that. I think we will also sell quite a few of our properties this year, um, just because where we're at on our basis really makes a lot of sense to, to start taking some of those to market while the demand is still as strong as it is. And so having some of the more of those full cycle deals is going to be fantastic for us, for our investors and for the track record that we're trying to build. So uh, I do think that there is going to be an opportunity in suburban office and neighborhood retail shopping centers. And so we're putting a lot of focus on those assets outside of the multifamily space. Um, you know, people you say, say you, said, you said suburban, um, suburban uh, office and uh, retail Right. Suburban office and neighborhood retail shopping centers. And, you know, we were tracking quite a bit of, of different metrics in regards to the re return to the office or the RTO trend. And that's trending positively right now. And so oh, it is. You, OK, that's that's good to know, because we were going to talk about uncertainty with Omicron. But like, you know, um, I'm glad that you said that, that, that it's it's stable. Yeah. And, you know, it obviously depends on the market that you're in. Right. And the location of the asset. 
Um, but we've started to see a lot of, of companies uh, really have a push back to uh, you know, the office, just from the collaboration standpoint, we've been in the office for quite some time. We're a small team though. Uh, my wife at VML is still at home and their, their dates to go back has been pushed back multiple times. So I think it really depends on who the, who the tenants are, who the businesses are in those, those asset classes. But if you look at kind of the location of those properties, uh, for example, you know, Kansas city, and college and Metcalf, that's an office corridor over there. And so I, yeah. I think that's always going to be a strong place for insurance agencies, financial uh, companies. You know, you've got a lo lot of law firm firms over there as well. So, you know, I, I actually think that, um, you know, similar to 2019, end of 2019 and 2020, that we had the opportunity in multifamily. I think that in neighborhood retail and office uh, this year, we'll see great opportunities uh, before people start flooding back to those other asset classes chasing yield. So trying to stay one step ahead, uh, understanding the risk for each one of those assets and being able to tell a story about why they're going to perform well. But we also have two years now, uh, a little over two years of data in regards to how they perform in the middle of the, you know, the, the pandemic. Did the residents or did the tenants pay, pay the rent? You know, were they able to pay the rent? How, how effective was their business? And so that uncertainty that was previously, you know, in the marketplace in regards to those, you can actually look back two years now and see, you know, how they performed. And so that's easier to now forecast how it will go into the future. In regards to uncertainty around Omicron, you know, I always look at what are the main drivers, right? Like, are there going to be new lockdowns? Do we have new variants? You know, how's that going to affect runaway of inflation? All of those different things. Thankfully, we've already seen it now, and it's really up to kind of the policy policymakers in the United States to to decide how to deal with it. Most of the folks that I've talked with, though, are are pretty well fed up, um, and either they've had it, they're boosted, they understand it's a part of our life, and um, we're going to start dealing with it now. If you talk to the day, I've heard the term triple boosted these days. Whatever that. There we go. Triple <laughs> boosted. Yeah, three vaccines. So there you go. I, I am triple boosted. So for all the listeners. Um, I'm not going to give you COVID, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, you know, but at, at the same time, you know, there's there's industries like the daycares and, and folks like that. You know, I mean, I have two kids in daycare and obviously, you know, COVID is a big impact and driver in that in that industry. And I, I do think that restaurants are really going to struggle. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, they're, they're going to have a hard time. I've seen a lot of new concepts come and a lot of new concepts go. And some, you know, just like uh, we were driving around the other day. Uh, down by our house and Red Robin had had closed down. We were going to Red Robin for lunch and, you know, they weren't there. Part of that is because of the, the inability to find workers, which I do think is going to change after, you know, the unemployment benefits have, have kind of, you know, waned and people's savings continue to dwindle. People are going to say, hey, I got to get back out there and I got to get a job. And uh, what job can I get? Well, maybe it's a restaurant or maybe it's some other service type uh, business. So I think that will come back. I think the psychology around Omicron is going to, um, you know, you have two sides of that, obviously. But most folks that I've talked to recently, um, you, you know, are, are saying, hey, this is a part of our lives now. We're going to deal with it the best that we can, but we're trying to move forward. I would be, I would be, um, and this is my only forecast, I would be surprised if we see uh, other lockdowns in regards to that, similar to what we saw uh, a year and a half ago. Um, I'm not going to say it's, it's, it can't happen because it definitely can. Um, but thankfully, we've already been through that once. And, you know, we know how the government's going to respond in that type of situation. And we know how our residents are going to respond and how to deal with that better going forward.
Definitely do. Um, you talked a lot about policy and housing, and it's so important. I work in <clears throat> with the Apartment Association of Kansas City. We represent 110,000 multifamily uh, units, and the the policy is just it's so important uh, in, in this arena, and it's changing in every different market. So, for the listeners out there that that, that don't really kind of do the day to day on the the city council or the you know city level, local level, that really does impact like your business and multifamily. So, uh, Logan, I want to continue on. Um, yeah. You had a blog about and an email I got recently about reprogramming ourselves for success in 2022. Talk a little about that. Um, yeah. Because we're pretty prone to making rash decisions, gut decisions. We react to change, react to fear. Um, take us through that blog and kind of what you were thinking. And you might want to use some examples such as the, sure. the example and then the Hagen doss example. Yeah. And you know, I think as a business leader, as a as someone who's, you know, an investor, you have to really think through mental models and, and making decisions and um, not being driven by fear or other emotions. Howard Marks talks about this a lot. Ray Dalio talks about this a lot. You know, it's why they have principles. It's why they have decision making uh, machines that are helping them because it removes kind of that emotion. And a book that is recently, you know, obviously been on my radar is Atomic Habits, but another one is the the book Nudge by Richard Thaler, and uh, it delves into humans and into why humans make bad decisions and how, with minor adjustments or alterations, he calls them nudges, we can avoid those bad decision making and achieve success. And you know, companies and people and institutions have been using these nudges for ages to influence our decision making, and usually against our best interests. Um, you know, supermarkets make a killing by putting sugary treats at eye level at the checkout stands. I know I'm, you know, definitely a, uh, uh, you know, I fall prey to this with my daughter when she sees a lollipop right by the checkout stands. I mean, there's a reason it's there. Now, in the book, the author suggests using nudges in our favor to turn the tables against bad decision-making by reprogramming our decision-making process to add nudges or little adjustments uh, to ensure that we make those right choices. And, you know, they they kind of call these one particular type that I like, was which was defaults, right? And that's the, those are highly effective for influencing good decision-making. So, um, not a lot of people know this, but the technology that we use every day uses default nudges to prevent bad decision. And how often have we been reminded by an email we were sending that we forgot to include an attachment, even though we referenced one in the email? Everybody's seen that, right? It's like, hey. Every, I think every human has done that uh, at some point in their life. I did it the other day. Yeah. So, I mean, if this was an important business attachment, that one simple default probably saved you a lot of headaches and time. And so many of us already incorporate a lot of these default nudges into our daily lives to to avoid bad decisions. And so you know, I think that um, one of the examples that I like to pull out here is the Hagen dazs example. And so we know that eating ice cream, you know, is not good for our long-term health, but we we sometimes can't resist. I, got, I, I bought four cartons the other day, but I got the Halo kind. So isn't that a little healthier? Than, That's a little uh, healthier. The Blue Bunny or the Blue Bell? Yeah. I mean, I'm trying like to I'm trying to mix it up. So I get it. Yeah, I, I love Halo Top, and and the same can be said about you know cigarettes, alcohol, gambling, or any other you know vices, right? And in the Hagen Dolls example, examples of nudges that you could use to prevent overindulging in ice cream is not buying it to eliminate the temptation or giving yourself healthy, delicious alternatives, just like you did with with the Halo Top. And with investing, if you're prone to making rash decisions, um, you know that have nothing that have done nothing for your portfolio, then you can eliminate apps like Robinhood that enable rush decisions or give you yourself or other investment options that are insulated from widespread uh, rash decision making. And so for me, 
you know, it was really a big push, you know, five years ago was to get off of social media um, and to remove notifications off of my phone. And so, you know, I have my phone on do not disturb at all times. And um, you, you know, really? only, let's stop only, there for a second. Let's, let's break this down. You said, cause I know you're very active on, on uh, what you were on social media. You're saying you now are less about the notifications. Yeah. So still very active on social media, but I'm being proactive. And so I have certain times of day where I can go on and I can make my posts and then get off. I don't even have Instagram or Facebook or Twitter on my phone. And so I actually have to go log into the phone and James clear with Atomic Habits talks a lot about this, removing the apps off of your phone to make it one more step difficult to actually get on those. And so I don't think posting to social media, especially in a business uh, perspective yeah. or scenario is bad. But if you find yourself just scrolling all the time, instead yeah. of picking up, you know, one of these great books I've got on my bookshelf over here, you know, maybe you have a book next to you and you put you open that book for five or 10 pages every single day, right? So it's just these little nudges that I think that are important. And it's the environment that you put yourself in and around. So I mean, I think that I've been trying to find ways to make my life easier to make better decisions. And, and a like part of that, that is, I like yeah, that so a lot. A I like that a lot. You forget a password, you don't sign in. My dad's been doing this for years. He has a cell phone, but he just doesn't keep it on. Well, I, I you know, he's a lawyer, but he's he gets constant calls from clients. And so, like, if they call the yep. office, great, you can return it. But at some point, I shut my phone off when I go to bed. A lot of people think I'm nuts. But um, yeah, you have to, like, you have to, like, get away, right, at some yeah. point. You can't be it's just boundaries. Front. That that is so true. I might try that. So the constant yeah. scrolling on these, you know, like Twitter, or Instagram, especially. I'm not as Facebook guy as much, but uh, sure, you're right, man. You keep scrolling, and then you're like, it's like an hour. You're like, what did I just accomplish? Absolutely. And so, you know, that's been that's been one example. The other one is, you know, when you're getting up in the middle of the night for me, basically, which you know, four o'clock is still kind of the middle of the night for a lot of people. You know, when I when I program my brain to say, what am I doing when I wake up? That's a little nudge. That's a little default that says, OK, the reason I'm waking up is because I have these three things that I'm doing. One of them is going to be my workout. There's my workout clothes that I put right next to my bed so I don't wake my, night, my wife up, you know, while, while I'm trying to get ready for the morning. It's all right there. And so if I if I don't do that workout, guess what? And I don't get up. When I do get up at six or seven or whatever the time is, it's, you know, whatever, whatever. And I miss the workout or I don't get up at the time that I, I said I was going to. Uh, there's my stuff. And it's a reminder that says, hey, you missed this. So and, and, and that's just another nudge for me to say, hey, I don't want to wake up and see my shoes and my my my, you know, sweatshirt and my my stuff there uh, and not actually go do that workout. And so that's a big piece is just setting yourself up the night before thinking about why you're waking up. And then actually doing it. Uh, and if you don't do it, then you're reminded that you didn't. Um, those are this just is, easy this things. Is why, this is why I think, Logan, what you do is so interesting. Because, you know, when you meet someone that's in your world and they're constantly like drinking or going out, like you're like, yep. I mean, I don't really want to. I don't know if I want to hire this person to help me with uh, with my, my, my investments, right? You're that's talking right. about putting out your clothes at four in the morning or getting up at four in the morning to work out. This is uh, This is something that. It, it really shows your organization. It shows that your drive. Uh, I love it. I, I think I mean, yeah. I'm fired up. I'm going to I've got some new New Year's resolutions now, man. Absolutely, man. And, and this all comes back to, you know, my main goal or my main kind of resolution for the year, which is to eliminate negative energy. And, you know, I, I, there, this business that we're in, everybody is stressed out, you know, and, and stress is there's positive stress and negative stress. But at the end of the day, 
if you can eliminate kind of negativity, and I mean like your negative feelings, anxiety, all of the stuff that is, has caused a lot of depression and things like that, you know, there's positive things that you can do to try to eliminate those. And so I've, I've kind of reprogrammed my brain to say, hey, when I start feeling those, those feelings or my heart starts beating really fast, guess what? I've got an app on my phone called Wim Hof breathing technique, you know, technique. It takes three minutes. I pop my app out. I need three minutes. I get some silence. I put some meditation songs on and I go through the breathing exercise. And guess what? My heart rate goes from 100 back down to 70. And I'm stabilized and I'm, I'm back and ready and focused again. So just having different tools that I can use on a regular basis to create positive energy is going to help me make better decisions for our investors and for our business. And as a leader showing up, um, you know, with with that positive energy on a regular basis, and so it we all need to starts. Get a blog out of you, Logan. We need to get a blog on the website out of you that um, kind of lists your ten things or your five things and these little nuggets, these little nudges. Because I think I think that would one go wide and far, and two, I would love to have it all written down in one place. Absolutely, <laughs> well, we'll we'll get on that, man. I can do that for sure. So um, I want to quickly pivot to um, you know back to the investors. You know, what should they be asking themselves? I know that, you know, there's all kinds of issues and questions and yeah. and you've, you've done a really good job again on uh, on your website of kind of, you know, looking ahead, new you new year, new economy, new goals. What what are the things that maybe we should be we, we should be asking ourselves? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, you have to start with what are you trying to accomplish and, and your knowledge, your experience and your time. And so it's kind of the KET model that we always talk through. And there are so many different opportunities to evaluate. You have to kind of, you know, segment what you're going to focus on. For example, <clears throat> when I sat down to say, hey, what books am I reading this year? I'm only reading books from Howard Marks, Ray Dalio, James Clear, and one other, you know, folk that I, I really respect. Every other book this year, I don't need to read. If I do, I have an app that is a, it basically is a summary book uh, of that app. Um, or that of that book, and I can just read the summary. And if I want to put that on the list for later, that's fantastic. What is so, that app called, Logan? Yeah, so I've used Blinkist in the past, and I have one called Read Me uh, right now. And so you find okay. the one that you like. There's a lot of different. Um, this this you know, needs to be in your article as well. Yeah, there's a lot of different <laughs> book summaries, but for me, like that, that's important for investors as well. So if you are yeah. looking to invest this year, uh, instead of trying to evaluate cryptos private businesses, real estate, stock market, all of those different things, pick one bucket for a quarter and say, I'm going to try to learn about this and figure out inside of this bucket, what, what, where do I want to focus on or what I want to you know, actually evaluate? And I think that's really important. And the other piece is you, you have to keep in mind that the financial, the financial system is different than the economy. And a lot of the headlines that you're going to see are, are going to be about the financial system and the economy kind of intertwined. But you have to understand that, um, you know, just because the stock market is going crazy doesn't mean the underlying fundamentals of our economy are strong. And so you have to get to the data. And so I look at a lot of different things in regards to supply and demand. I look at household formation. I look at these fundamental economic principles that are going to drive things forward. And I look at the past and also see the last 500 years, what is drive, you know, empires up and down and where are we at on the cycle with those things. And then you have to make some sort of a forecast or probability metric in your own mind on are these things going to happen this year? If they do, how are our investments going to be impacted? And so, you know, Ray Dalio's recent book uh, is all about the changing world order and uh, the three big impacts and, and cycles around that. And so I've been studying a lot about that because Ray Dalio is, is a super successful billionaire that is now, 
you know, just giving back all of his information to folks. And that's why I'm rereading principles. I'm reading the changing world order right now, because just because something hasn't happened in Jason in your lifetime or my lifetime doesn't mean it that hasn't happened beforehand. And a lot of times people get caught and saying that will never happen. And when you do get caught and when you say that is right when it does, and then you're caught with your, your pants down and the tide goes out, right? And now you're swimming naked. And so we, we want to avoid that at all costs. So understanding yeah. the fundamentals, understanding cycles, where we're at, and understanding what we can do right now to mitigate risk is very important. And so I think for each investor, you have to know what your knowledge is about something, what your experience is at something, and how much time that you have. And then go find people that can help you along those three. And I think that's what people need to be thinking about. Uh, and just because it hasn't happened in our lifetime doesn't mean it can't happen and it probably will happen. You know, in our lifetime, we hadn't seen a pandemic like we had in, you know, with, with COVID. And guess what? Here we are. So I think that's a prime example and in, in, in what people need to be thinking about. I love it. Um, Got to insulate yourself from inflation as well and downturns and asset classes. You need to continue to build new segments and, uh, you know, hopefully at least some more income and more growth. Logan Freeman is our guest, FTWinvestmentsllc.com. Logan, um, let's let's uh we got about let's stay for about 10 more minutes here. Um you you mentioned kind of your guys' growth and all these new states. Yeah. Are there any investment projects of relevance that you're really excited about that you all have uh that you're either doing now or are gonna be doing in the future? Yeah, you know, we've got some great projects in the pipeline. The, the hard thing with these <clears throat> these types of opportunities is they can change on a dime. And so you always have to have a robust pipeline because, you know, if you have 10 projects, three might move, move forward. Out of those three, hopefully you get one. And so nothing really on the under contract kind of piece right now, very close on a few opportunities. I think for us this year, it's going to be really focused on adding two to three new kind of key team members to our roster. So continuing to build that. Uh, that team out and analysts and additional asset management. We're going to continue to expand upon, you know, standard operating procedures. We're applying a lot of modern portfolio theory to our allocation. And so saying, hey, we're really heavily focused or allocated towards multifamily now. Where does retail fit? Where does office, office fit? And then reallocating some of the portfolio to that. I think that's an opportunity this year uh, to sell some assets as well. Um, you know, and then we're making more investments in secondary markets that we've identified. So uh, continuing to find markets like Des Moines and Lincoln and Omaha and Oklahoma City that are on the up and up and the demand drivers that we always talk about, um, you know, in relation to migration patterns are, are positive. Um, and then this is a very exciting thing that we're doing this year, man, is, is uh, pretty soon we're going to be launching the Invest for the Win podcast, which I'm very excited about. And so um, you know, Parker, Corey, and myself are going to be interviewing some some great leaders in the space, uh, talking about a lot of the things that we've talked about, uh, just going in, in detail a little bit more, um, which is yeah. great. And, and I think that's a, a big initiative for us. And then Exchange CRE is going to take a lot of our uh, a lot of our time. And I think it's going to fill a big gap in the marketplace right now as well. Good luck getting Parker on those uh, podcasts. If, you know, I mean, I, I'm excited for that. We 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 got to hear from them once on this show. You do such a great job. That was an all star cast that year or that that yeah. episode. Yeah, I we're really it, excited man. about that and, and having Corey on too. Yeah, it'll, it'll be great, man. We're we're excited about that. Um, but you know, there's a lot of things that are going to happen this year that we don't know about. You know, and just making sure that that we have the decision making criteria and the people to actually support and then actually make those decisions and implement them is going to be crucial. Um, and we are in a better spot than ever uh, right now to do that, uh, which which is creating a lot of value and, and trust with our investors. And and I want to I obviously want to continue that with your investors. Um, 
briefly again, so if we want to, if we want to get engaged, um, you know, we become engaged with you all and then you essentially reach out to us when there's investment opportunities. Is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah. So our investor relations team will reach out. We'll have kind of an introductory call. We've got a lot of educational content we'll share. Um, and then it's just building that relationship. Obviously, if you're in Kansas City, um, you know, we've been spending a lot of time in person with folks. They're coming to the office, checking out the new space. Uh, I've got a putting mat right here in my office. So we play a little games of uh, putt putt. Okay. And, okay. Uh, okay. Well, we'll do that when I come over. Yeah, there we go. And, um, you know, it's really a relationship based thing. You know, these things are not highly marketed. And so we've talked a lot about the difference between 506C and 506B. And so we have to have kind of that pre-existing relationship most of the time with our investors. And so uh, building that, those relationships are important, uh, but we've got a great process and a great uh, team to handle that. And then um, sitting down with people face-to-face on a regular basis, you know, is is kind of how we're doing that. But yeah, ftwinvestmentsllc.com forward slash Grill Nation. Um, great investor guide over there. And uh, we can get in contact after that. I'll be doing that. I'll be coming by uh, probably in the next couple of weeks to check out the new office. Um, awesome, as, we, as we close the show today, and, and I hope we can have you back, Logan, in 2022. You're incredible. Uh, credible for the information you provide, but also for like the, the nuggets again about uh, not only about investing, but about ways to improve your own you know, personal life. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about this. So, so, you know, what were your favorite moments from 2021 personally and professionally, you know, keep it brief. Uh, I know there's many, but give us, give yeah. us. I think professionally, man, it, it's just growing the team. And we've talked a lot about that. Um, but, you know, coming into the office and seeing, you know, 11 people here working cohesively together, it feels almost like college football again, you know, we're, we're, we're all working. We've got our goals. We're, we're zooming in, we're working hard. Uh, and then we're zooming back out, which is really exciting. So growing that team is is by far my uh, my biggest accomplishment and one of the favorite things that uh, I did professionally. And then personally, um, it's just watching my kids grow. You know, I've got two young kids and watching them grow and and learn and, and uh, you know, all of the interactions that I get with them. I mean, it is so much fun to to be a part of that, to be their dad and, and to see that that process take shape. So, um, you know, I texted my uh, wife earlier this actually I didn't text her this I send my wife flowers every single week um, so anybody who's married um, wow you know, there's your there's your call to action there my wife gets flowers every week and I write her these little cards and I said look you know time seems to move really fast at certain moments in life and, and during my days and really slow at others um, but the time that it moves fast I'd actually like to try to figure out how to slow down the time that moves slow I'd like to try to move it a little bit faster and the way that you do that is being intentional uh, is being present and putting boundaries with all these little supercomputers in our pockets and different things like that. And, and I would just leave the, you know, the listeners with this is um, really got to take time for yourself. Um, Oprah said, I think you can't give what you don't have. And, um, you know, you really got to focus on on personal growth this year uh, because it could, it's going to come out, you know, uh, one way or the other. And so I think that um, my, my favorite thing personally is just being able to build that bond with my wife and my kids um, even deeper and continuing to do that. And um, there's nothing more that challenges me than being a father and trying to parent. And so I love reading parenting books and, and uh, understanding how to communicate with them. Uh, Cause then that translates over to, you know, talking with employees, my leadership team and, and, and other vendors as well. So it's just a, uh, it's just a great process, man. And, and you can grow really quickly being a, being a parent for sure. You must, your, your flower vendor must love you. 
Yeah, High V in Prairie Village absolutely loves me, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they, I know, I know all the people over there. I, I did the calculations. I know how much I'm going to spend on flowers. You know, the rest of my life. Hopefully, at some time, maybe I'll just own a flower shop where I don't have to. You know, that, pay, that's, pay what, that's what uh, that's what George Brett's wife does. She owns that flower shop in um, in Westwood. Is that is that where that is? Yeah, by Hi Hat Coffee. I know that that's yeah. been in business for many years. So. Good for you, man. That's pretty cool. Another little nugget we pull out of Logan on the show today. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you just you pretty much you talked about it. New Year's resolutions. You have one that you're really excited about. Maybe maybe one yeah. that we haven't heard yet. Yeah, you know, professionally, it's it's continuing to uh, to grow the portfolio in 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 in, a, in the right way, and it's going to be difficult to do this year. We have a goal of doing 100 million dollars net uh, this year. We we were able to get to about 90 million dollars gross last year, uh, which is great. Um, but trying to get it to a net, meaning, you know, we might have to do $200 million worth of real estate to get to $100 million net just because of, of co-GP relationships and joint ventures and things like that. That's kind of the professional uh, New Year's resolution that we've got. Personally, I, I spoke to it just a little bit, but it's it's creating more positive energy at all times. When I do start to feel negative or I feel anxious or certain things like that, not just, you know, reveling in it, but actually having tools uh, to actually, you know, get out of that and, and want to create that positive energy. Prime example is if my wife and I are not on the same page, instead of waiting two hours and wasting two hours, you know, you, you can stop in the moment or right afterwards and come back and say, hey, you know, I was wrong here. And this is why I want to hear what you're saying. I'm trying to I'm trying to see from your perspective, but not waiting those two hours and losing those two hours, doing it right there in the moment. So saying no to negative energy and trying to create more positivity um, in every single interaction is is my big resolution this year. Mm -hmm. I love it. And then closing our last question for today with Logan Freeman, co-founder and, and principal at FTW Investments website, FTW Investments. LLC.com. Uh, if you want more information, go to www.ftwinvestmentsllc.com backslash grill nation. What is your best advice for investors as we begin uh, 2022, January 12th today? Uh, months flying by already. Yeah, I, I would say stop trying to time the market. So any question that be begins with the answer or the, the, the word win, uh, you need to kind of turn away and, and just try to understand where we are and know how you can operate within those boundaries. But stop trying to say, when the market does this, when I have that, or when this happens, I will do this. Because when is never going to get you where you want to go. And I think that's very important um, in, in investing. You have to stay in the game and you have to know where you are. And so a lot of people play from the snap to the, or yeah, from the snap to the whistle. We're trying to play from the whistle to the snap. And so trying to stay one step ahead, understand where we're at, and how we can make those moves before other people do. And the only way to do that is to understand uh, the fundamentals and understanding where you're at in the industry uh, and where you're at personally. That'd be my my number one goal for, uh, or, or my, my number one piece of advice for investors going into 2022. Logan Freeman, uh, really appreciate coming on the coming on the Grill Nation show today. Uh, just an amazing amount of advice, uh, you know, content thoughts uh, around everything from your personal and professional life and, and, and what we learned in 2021 and what hopefully we'll learn in 2022 and do right. Uh, again, ftwinvestmentsllc.com is the website. There's a blog. You can see a lot of these great blogs and stories about things that you should be doing, things to rethink about stuff. Uh, it's just an incredible website. Uh, and then we'll get more information you. from you down the road about uh, some of your other uh, 
you know, life life lessons you've learned because you uh, they seem to always be positive. I love the positive energy. So we really appreciate you joining us today, my friend. Thanks for having me once again, Jason. Appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank Logan again, and I want to remind our uh, our great listeners and watchers you can you can connect with me on social media at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. So on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and also um, you know as we start 2022, you can listen to all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You also can watch the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill on YouTube. All of our episodes are posted there. And finally, I want to mention, uh, if you'd like to be on the show, collaborate, partner, be a guest uh, with the Grill Nation show, we'd love to hear from you. What The email is grillnationshow at gmail.com. That's grillnationshow at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today on this Grill Nation show. We will see you again soon. Take care and have a great day.